The Neutral Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies where we talk about Star Trek loudly and at great length. I am your host, Kareen, and I am joined as ever by my co-host, the fabulous Kim. Hello. And the perfectly adequate Ari. <laughs> and today we are here to talk about Submarines in Space, the 14th episode aired, and our 14th episode, Balance of Terror. I am so excited about this episode. You guys, brace yourselves. This is my favorite episode that we've watched so far. Really? really? I loved this episode. I just loved it because there are Romulans in it. There are Romulans. There are, as you say, submarines in space. It's yeah. all my favorite things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Better than, like, Nikki time? Uh, in terms of overall presentation, yes. It does, not <laughs> have, it does not have, like, the iconic moments that is George Takei prancing about with a sword that Nakey mm, Time has, mm. but as an overall whole episode of original series, favorite so far, hands down. I think it does an excellent job in doing what no episode of Star Trek has done before, is that really taking that idea of a ship and the idea of uh, war. Like, they are ships of war. It is yeah. a ship of exploration, mm-hmm. but we are in a larger galaxy where there are other players at on the board. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so far we've met, you know, either a singular monster who wants to destroy you, but we've never really encountered a completely other culture right. yeah. that is also operating in the same gallery, in the same space. And the only real yeah. representative of one of those cultures that we have actually met so far is Spock. Yeah, and he has not really presented us with a lot about being a Vulcan. Like, we've never seen other Vulcans. We've never been to the planet Vulcan. We don't really understand what they are. We know that they are logical. Yes. And Um, that apparently Spock's dad acts like the creepy alien in the Corbinine Maneuver. (laughs) That's all we know. Yeah. So, yeah. I was really excited about this episode. (laughs) Which is unusual for me. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, It is a good episode. Oh, yeah. It is. And it does combine again my favorite theme what is a captain yes i i I was like all on top of that Mm -hmm. and then um something you may not know about me one of my favorite movies from the early 90s is the hunt for red october i'm so surprised this was the hunt for red october in space actually (laughs) no it's based on a different uh it is i know i know it's based on something different but this was basically the hunt for red october in space well there's only so many stories you can tell in a submarine yeah yeah, I, I went there, submarine stories. You are limited. <laughs> but they're all just amazing. I love submarine stories. <laughs> Why? Because well. it's all these people confined into a very small space in a terrible, hazardous environment that could kill you. It's the same reason I like sci-fi. That the, the outside world is dangerous. Part of it, yes. See, I like that same idea, but I like naval stories. So something like um, Master Commander or Alexander Kent, I love that because it is a microcosm of the world under pressure. Yes. 
So I get you with submarines, except I find submarines terrifying. No, I like submarines. At least in a boat, you can jump off into the that's ocean. That's true. That's part of the other thing I like about submarines is just that extra peril of you can't go anywhere. <laughs> you are trapped. <laughs> you guys know I like my stuff a little darker than you guys. No kidding. Clearly. Um, in, my, in my case, the appeal of the submarine story in this case is that it's a very strategic Sort of yeah, like, it's a chess game. It's a chess game. Yeah. It's like you don't know exactly what they're thinking, but you kind of know what they're thinking. And being able to figure that out is what is basically how you live or die. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot. I really like the play, the 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 play by play between Kirk and the Romulan captain. I really enjoy that. I think it's interesting in that you could essentially plot out the moves of both of them either on mm-hmm. a chessboard or let's say like a D and D encounter, <laughs> and that. You have to anticipate what the other person is doing. And what they're going to do. And what they're going to do and how they're going to do it in order to be both aggressive and defensive at the same time. And I think it sets it up so well. Mm -hmm. This, for me, was also the first time that we've watched an episode that really felt like a Star Trek episode to me. That's, you know what? I agree with you. Really? Yeah, yeah, it felt like we've got the whole, the world, like the, the command structure and the ship feel like whole for the first time. I feel like yeah, they've got everything gotten... worked out. I feel like you've got the idea where you're talking about like morality and there's an idea and it's all very talky, mm-hmm. but there is still some action going on. But you talk about the morals around the actions that you're taking. It really, really felt like Star Trek. I agree because this is also one of the first ones where it actually feels like you're plugged into the Federation as a whole. Yeah. Yes. Because we talk about we talk about history, like yes. a century of history that the last time we saw the Romulans was by basically a century ago when we had a war and this treaty came out of it that established the neutral zone. I got so excited. Yeah. By the way, also the, the neutral, neutral zone. zone. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. And then like they also like you, it's also again, you see the universe <clears throat> as a whole. You see yeah. a, a much expanded picture. And you have the you have the outpost, you have Starbase. Which is what I love about Star Trek. There's like there's they, they define, like, these are outposts. We are communicating with a star base. Like, it's, I don't know, it was yeah. just so good. These are the consequences if we screw this up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and I also enjoyed that this episode opens with a wedding. Uh, which, obviously, I don't know about you guys, but I was like, oh, one of them is not going to make oh, it. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely, not. definitely one of them is going to die. Uh, well, although I didn't think the death nail was running until later, but it does. It opens on a wedding, um, and... Right before the ceremony starts, we learned that we've had outposts along the neutral zone going dark. We don't know why yet. We don't know if it's terrible yet. But, you know, in the meantime, we're just going to perform this wedding anyway because space is dangerous. Really good beginning of an episode. Oh, yeah. I very. Because we little have slice of life. Little slice of life. Yes. But always recognizing that they are in constant danger, both from the elements and from the other things that they roam. Because they are a ship of exploration. Yeah. Yeah. Going out to unknown or known parts of space. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I don't know how much you want to talk about stuff that happened toward the oh, ending yet. Should we just do this? Yeah, let's okay. do it. Okay. So I'm sorry, I'm going to flip a few pages forward in my notes because so, I actually got it written down. Um, there was a point where the Romulan commander, he's about, like, he's there. Um, the Romulan commander is, he's talking about, um, you know, he's going to allow his ship to be blown up. Yes. And he says, 
it's one more duty to perform. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it harkens back to the beginning of this episode where Kirk starts out his thing. It is one of the great duties of a captain to be able to perform weddings. And it's all about the duties of the captain, the small, joyful things, and then the giant, hideous things that you're making life or death decisions. And Kirk does deals with this too through the whole thing where he's talking about, like, I think he's talking to Bones where he says, I don't want to go back there. I want to go on vacation and I don't want to have to make this decision. Mm -hmm. And Bones is like, that's your, this is what you have to do. You're the captain. And I love this. And it just goes back to everything that Kareen is constantly talking about, about like what makes a captain. Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm so excited about this episode <laughs> it was beautiful it's a great episode it's a beautiful piece of storytelling and it's so such a crisp line of narrative yes but it starts with the wedding and how war disrupts everything because yeah. there is the point where especially mccoy yeah. who is you know the doctor who is the preserver of life is saying yeah. it is immoral for us to go to war yeah regardless the loss of life is pointless yeah and we do. We see the consequences very clearly throughout the entire episode that there is there's life and happiness and joy, but there's war also. interrupts all of that. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I thought it was interesting that it was uh, Martina, Angela Mart- Martin, Martin, who survived. Because again, if I was to harken back, because this is a this is a culture just coming out of World War II when they were writing this. Again, it's the women who have to move on. Yeah, it the is. The women yeah. who suffer these terrible tragedies. And then have to somehow pick up their lives and keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really nice to end with her. And she kind of... And, and the awful, awful part where she says, It'll, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I essentially forgive you for having this to make episode, these decisions. I, I, I hate to say this aloud, but it was a very balanced episode. <laughs> how do you feel about saying that, Ari? <laughs> Pretty bad, but it's still accurate. What, what's the total of this episode, Ari? It is balanced terror. Mm-hmm. And how is this episode? Balanced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because we have... We have everything is about maintaining a balance. We have the balance between the Federation and the Romulan Star Empire. We have the balance between the Romulan ship and Enterprise, between mm-hmm. Kirk and the Romulan captain. We also have our A plot and B plots quite well balanced. Yeah. The thing is, if you're talking about balance, you also get the balance on the ships between Styles mm-hmm. and Blue Cloak on mm-hmm. the Romulan. Who yeah. And they're both these guys who've got like this like war mentality and they're yeah. pushing to do something other than like they're pushing against their captains. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was the great. underlying thing of this so episode good. is equilibrium. And I thought they did a really good job of it. Um, yeah. also like that the wedding, everyone's wearing their uniforms. This yeah. delighted me. I was so happy about this. And she's got little, like, what are they, feathers? There was some anemone action oh, happening. Yeah, I don't know. Space I flowers. Was, yeah, I was not happy with her hair decoration. No. But I loved that they were it both like getting it was molding. Yes. But I loved that they were both getting married in their uniforms. That made me really happy. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Can I say something here about mm-hmm. Kirk's little speech that he makes at the beginning? Since, yeah. you know, you since may. the beginning. It's the same thing Picard says when he yeah. marries Keiko yeah. Yeah. and, Obr- and uh, Miles O'Brien. Yeah. And I, I, he started talking that and I like freaked out. I like, <laughs> yeah, I paused the DVD or that I was watching. I like raced over to my computer and I opened up Netflix. And I'm like, <laughs> where is Data's day? We are finding this. We are doing this. And I compared the speeches and I like listened to them at the same time. And like, Kirk's is, or like Picard's is a little bit different, but like they started off the same, the same. It's the same yeah, thing. It was lovely. beautiful. I loved it. And I also loved, loved how secular that speech was. There's also actually a part where Martina genuflects... Martine. Martine. Sorry, Martine. 
um, she kneels at the altar, and that's because she's a Catholic. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, thinking back to the 1960s, this was a big yeah. deal because people mistrusted Catholics. Yeah, well, because yeah. like, one of the things about um, John F. Kennedy being elected president big is he deal. was Catholic. Yeah. You're going to have a Catholic president of the United States. Mm-hmm. And it's something that they talk about a little bit in the West Wing, yeah. where there's some issue at one point with um, a death penalty case that's coming up, and Leo is, like, racing around and trying to make sure that, like, it's protected and it's taken care of, and Josh says, well, why are we doing this? And Leo's like, because I do not want the Pope to call the president. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, so you're right. It was, like, it was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, this lovely little wedding, which was clearly very well, very well thought out on a cultural and world-building basis, good job, writers, um, is interrupted because we go into red alert. Yeah. Uh, because there's an outpost that is under attack. Yeah, I really hope that they get a refund on their venue. Yeah. But again, as far as timing goes for your space wedding... Heading off into a scene where there have been distress calls is maybe not the best time yeah, ever. But at the same time, I really enjoyed that because it's it's a life goes on. Yeah. Even if you're on the ship, maybe they had, they, you stuff. know, they could have had this plan for like six weeks. And then the suddenly they're the called. Book, yeah. And yesterday they were diverted. Mm-hmm. But life keeps going on no matter yeah. what you're doing, like what is happening around I like you. That I love that. Yeah. So it started 1709.2 and they are headed towards the neutral zone. <laughs> the neutral <laughs> zone! <laughs> And beyond the neutral zone, there are the planets, Romulus, and Remus. Okay. Yes. I do not remember that. The first time I remember remember hearing about the planet Remus is in Nemesis. Yeah. It's so, it's, uh, it was something I was always aware of as like, just like a Star Trek fan, generally mm-hmm. growing up, as I knew that there was two planets, there was Romulus and Remus, but you only ever really talked about Romulus. Right. And it's the Romulan Star Empire, which we also hear yes. in this. Yeah. Um, and then they bring up. Remus as a planet and Remans as a species or a people. Are they separate from I think they're just a people. Yeah, I think they're a people. They're culturally distinct. Culturally distinct. They've been, like, subjugated by the Romulans, but to a point where I'm... uh, See, I don't remember. I don't remember. And I have to go back and rewatch Nemesis because I found out that Tom Hardy plays young Picard. Yes, he does. So I'm like, oh, I'm, like, so torn. Oh, I will watch that with you. I love that movie. Yeah. But yeah, For no good reason. But yeah, no. So the, it's it's something that has been established, but it wasn't really done anything with through next gen until just here, have a planet. Nemesis. Well, it, of course, because the Romulans are based on Romans. Rome. Yeah, based on Rome, mm-hmm. which is very and the Roman like uh, what is the what's the word I'm looking for? Empire? Uh, no, no, no. The um myth. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, their founding myth. Yeah, their is founding Romulus myth is Rom. Famous. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. the Romulans were created by Paul Schneider. And essentially, yes, they were looking for a culture to base exclusively on the Romans, yeah. the space Romans. Space yeah. Romans. And good culture. Yeah. Oh, so, so good. interesting. I love the Romulans. Yeah, and I love, I like, I like their, their, their officers are called Centurions. Yes. The leader of the Star Empire that we never see is the... Uh, the Praetor. The Praetor. That was just, it was wonderful. It's it's just one of those really brilliant ideas that just, it, as soon as you, it's presented to you, it's fully formed. It just oh, yeah. fleshes out yeah, perfectly yeah. in your brain. Yeah. And it makes a, a lot of sense when you are put, you know, the Roman style of leadership or management versus, you know, the Federation, which is very much similar. But I think, again, when we have those balances, so the parallels mm-hmm. between them is that essentially the... Uh, 
Mark Lennard. Do we get a name for him? He's just the commander. He's just the commander. The commander commander essentially takes no information from no one and tells them all to shut their faces. Yeah. Yeah. Which he should because they're all useless. Yeah. Whereas Kirk has a staff meeting. Yeah. 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 And he takes input and he shares opinions. Yeah. It's sort of like um, they're both military organizations, but one of them is from a fairly totalitarian culture and one is from a really socialist one. Yeah, but, it, so but at the it's end of going the day, to affect. it is the yeah. head, the captain, who has to make the decision. But yeah. how they arrive at that decision is very different based different. on the cultures they yeah. come from. So, yeah. Yes. And so there are a number of outposts <clears throat> which border the neutral zone. Built on asteroids! Built on asteroids, which is really, really happy. <laughs> and we get a PowerPoint presentation, which of course I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is the Romulan Star Empire, and then there's the planet Romulus. And then by the planet Romulus, for no understanding that I can. I can't get my head there. Is R O M I I, or possibly Rom two or Palm two? It's Rom two, Palm two, Romy, R O M I I. What yeah, I th- here is what I think. What I think is they did not decide until the last second that it was going to be Romulus and Remus, and they had already made them happen. Okay, I will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, probably. Yeah. Um, this is also where we find out that we get the 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 history of the the. The war with the Romulans. Yes. It was about a century ago. We never saw each other because we didn't have proper video transmission capabilities back then. So that no one yeah. has actually seen no. a Romulan. And they've never yeah. seen humans. No. Everything was done over radio, and when the war finally came to an end, the treaty was also done over subspace radio. radio. Yeah, so, and they were exchanging atomic weapons across yeah. this area. And there's really interesting moment where they're like there was no room for error Spock is talking about this that yeah. in this war it was so brutal there's no room for error because they were using these atomic weapons so it also had much more primitive ships much more primitive ships so essentially this was an, an awful war yeah mm-hmm. you could have no survivors in a war like that yeah, yeah. so I, this was a devastating war for I love the way they were talking about it the no quarter given yes. it was yeah. beautiful yeah. beautiful military language and we also learned that the rules around the neutral zone basically is that you can't enter the if you enter the neutral zone, you're violating the treaty and the Federation will consider you and this is the word they use, expendable. Yeah. And Kirk actually announces this to the ship. We're going to try and not enter the neutral zone because obviously that would be bad, but if we do, we're expendable. So, you know, make peace yes. with your gods. Yeah. Um and that no provocation is enough to violate yeah. this treaty. Mm-hmm. Nothing that yeah. they do. Which is such an interesting yeah. concept. Yeah. Um so to move us, you know, Forward in time in terms of Star Trek filming, but back in time in terms of Star Trek history, there is a few episodes in Enterprise that deal with the early Romulan conflict. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you that from what I remember, it is bullshit and terrible. (laughs) Uh, But again, I've only watched them once, and I was only half paying attention to them. But we will come back to this specific stuff in Enterprise much later. And so this is going to be an episode, I think, where we'll want to go back in like 15 years when we've gone through this and yeah. listen to again and then we'll all be laughing at how bad our sound quality is and why weren't we on the hollow vids then <laughs> yeah seriously back in the day so uh, this is also where we meet Ensign Styles. yeah who's kind of a dick face well Styles has some personal history so a hundred years ago there was there was a captain Styles, and there were ensigns and engineers presumably he died horribly Oh, yes, because this is a war where people died yeah. horribly. So he yeah. feels like he has a personal... He's still mad about it. hundred years And Kirk later. basically says, get over it. Yeah, that was their war, not, not ours. ours. Yeah. It's yeah. so interesting. And is it? I mean, we have 
we don't forget wars that ha- happened 100 years ago. People, no. hold, people and cultures hold grudge for hundreds of years. It also varies, though, very much by culture. I thought this was really great. I think especially where we are now in history ourselves, it was incredibly relevant mm. to uh, long-term like hatred between cultures and misunderstandings and just like the xenophobia and the bigotry that Kirk mm. talks about in terms of styles. It's all still stuff that happens in our world today, we see it every day in the news. Mm-hmm. And I think, I just think it's just one of those things. Again, it's why Star Trek is so good because it talks about issues that are relevant through history. So we're looking mm-hmm. at something that was made in the 1960s and we are what, 70s, 80s, 90s, aughts, aught tens. We are 50 years from when this aired. Still, unfortunately, very relevant. And it's still, unfo- I mean, it's, yeah. but yeah. It, it's still relevant. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved it. From Styles's little speech, though, we get the first. Uh, we hear the, for the first time we hear "bird of prey." Yeah, yes. what Romulan ships are called. Oh, but it, there is a literal bird of prey painted on the belly yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, why? Uh, why not? It's not true. Later, they're just sort of shaped more like birds of prey. But I think that again would tie back into the Roman idea, where of course they had the uh, yeah the standards, the standards. With, the ro- with the eagle on it. Yeah, and, but from the outside, it looks ridiculous. It looks yeah. silly. It looks like they should all be wearing leather jackets. Yeah, but I mean, you also see this in, when you want to talk about like planes in the World Wars, oh, yeah. people painting yeah. shark faces and that kind of stuff yeah. on it. It's to intimidate it's the enemy. Space. Yeah, whatever. Especially since, uh, well, it's a little redundant as we find out later. Yeah. Um, the, the only problem that I have with Kirk in this entire episode is as soon as Styles started beaking off like that, I would have taken him off the brain. Oh, yeah, I absolutely oh, yeah. would have. You're clearly compromised. Your judgment yes. is not sound in this situation. Like, leave your bigotry in your core. It has no place on the bridge. Yes. Yeah. Um, we find out that the outposts that have gone dark have been, and I quote, pulverized. Weird Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they finally do regain contact with the one that got cut off mid-transmission that interrupted the wedding. And what they hear turns the, sends them to battle stations. Yes. And so we go to our almost married couple. Oh, she doesn't get the pension. No. I'm sure she gets a pension anyway. It'll be Anyways, fine. Anyways, and it turns out that uh, his name is Tom. Tomlinson Tom and Martine. Tomlinson and Martine. They are. It was a workplace romance yep. where he was her superior, <laughs> which is a little always a little iffy. But at the same time, they didn't like it. I mean, we only got to really meet them for like a grand total of yes, five minutes at a time. Simple. Yeah, but they did seem like they were very equal, and I really yeah. loved that she ran the phasers. She was in charge of pushing too. the buttons. Yeah, yeah, Push the buttons. yeah. yeah. Uh, they both work in phaser control. And this is this is the point where I knew for sure one of them was definitely oh, yeah. going to die. Because she grabs him and she's like, I'm going to marry you. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you basically signed his death warrant. Good job. Um, and we hear from the outpost that they're under attack from an unknown weapon. It's apparently some kind of unknown, unbelievably powerful weapon that basically hit the base through deflector shields a mile deep in an asteroid that is almost entirely made of iron. I think that's scary. It'd oh, probably yeah. be it's way scarier for them. It's a giant energy beam that destroys everything. Mm-hmm. And again, if we're going back to parallels or balance, mm-hmm. there is the scene with the lone commander who is all alone in his little asteroid while his entire yeah. base is going up in flames where we go back again to the commander, same thing. Yeah, yeah. at the end, yeah. And again, we are all the same. We all yep. blow up equally. <laughs> we also are told, because they, they make contact, video contact with the outpost, and we see that the base is super on fire, and he tells us the ship just seemed to disappear. 
Ooh, I yes. love this cloaking technology. It was, cool. yeah, it was so cool, and I really love how fully formed the Romulans feel. Yeah, yes. like this is still like all of this stuff that we're talking about—the Romulan Star Empire, like the cloaking technology, the Birds of Prey. It's all stuff that is carried through all the way yeah. through. We Next actually get a pretty Deep solid timeline of cloaking technology from original series onward, because yeah. we get the impression that this is technology they did not have during the last war. No. It, it, it is new. And it, actually, Spock gives it a fairly sense. good explanation yeah. for it, too, that you bend that your, it's invisibility where you're bending the light around you, which is actually yeah. what, I mean, when we are we yeah. are currently looking at for, yeah. for cloaking or invisibility is exactly the same yeah. idea. Makes perfect sense. Um, and you get the impression this is experimental technology because it seems to like gobble up their power like crazy and it also affects their own sensors. Yeah, so they it's like it's like a mirror almost. Yeah. You get my thing? So they people can't see them but they also can't see out from yeah. the cloak. And it does. It can it consumes their energy. To yeah. be cloaked all the time. And the energy weapon does as well. Yeah, and speaking of the energy weapon, as they have the commander of the outpost on the station, they basically watch the bird of prey open fire on it and destroy it. Like, while they're on on the phone with him, basically. Yeah. yeah. Which was actually surprisingly affecting. It was. Uh, there are a couple of really good reaction shots, I'd say, from Uhura was very... Yeah, like, yeah. She's a wonderfully expressive She face. does. Oh, she's beautiful. Really face. And sometimes it's really nice to her because some of them are trying to act a little bit more stoic, but she always just gives a little bit of... Flicker. Just a little bit. Yeah. 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 Really good to mm-hmm. see her react to that. And um, it is a horrible death. It is. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the ship disappears again. But they appear to be able to detect motion or something moving out there, which they seem to fix later because they can't later motion detector, they actually use the phrase. But um, they know something's out there. They're not 100% sure it's the ship, but they're pretty sure it's the ship. And at this point, Stiles has a meltdown Mm -hmm. where he jumps up and says, may I remind you what happened? Because... Borders! Yes, basically. Yes, yes. Borders not like us, etc., etc. They killed my great Whatever. Dead person I never met. Yeah. um, So they're trying to decide, like, what... How how to proceed? Because they know if they go into the neutral zone, if they follow the ship, they're toast. Do you fire on where you think they might be? What if they especially turn since, the weapon on Especially you? since if that is them, they might not be able to see us. Oh, and also I want to note that this is the first time that Styles suggests we might have a spy on board. Where the hell does that come from? Yeah. So there was a cut... Is it a cut See, thing? Oh, okay. it, is, it is a cut okay. thing. Okay, because it felt like it came out of nowhere yeah. and it was never picked up on no, again. It came out of nowhere and it goes nowhere. Yeah. No, and the only times it's mentioned all throughout the episode are things that Styles does that makes me think that he's the spy. Yes, I actually. <laughs> a yes. couple I of times. Like, oh well, that's going to be a hell of a reveal later. Yeah, but essentially, like someone is sending out a message, or they're sending a message, to the the Romulans are sending a message to the Enterprise that is encoded in cryptography, yeah. and they're trying to break it. Um, it goes because nowhere. We get the other know, side of that. Spy who says, "I agree." Well, no, no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the transmission wasn't being sent to the Enterprise. Well, not they the were... way that they recut it. No. But... Oh, okay. Because yeah. Um, oh, because was that a cut scene? That something well, was. Well, there's the part when they're back on the Romulan ship where it's like, "Why did you send that message?" Some, some yeah, under yeah, bl- uh, blue cape. Yeah, yeah, blue cape. Is like sending a message to the pr- the Praetor. Well, yeah, that's how it. That's how. That's how it was recut to sound. But okay, yeah, if it was originally, it is. was supposed to be yeah. some kind of. Without that hint that there was a spy yeah. somewhere, because without spy, without Stal saying there could be a spy on board, that all disappears and there's no hint of it at all. Because yeah. all the other stuff makes sense in a different context. But when he says 
there's a spy on board because he's suggesting in a douchey way that Spock is somehow the spy. And then he proceeds to act like the spy. Good job, Mr. Styles. Yeah, I think it just, it, I think. It was with, a weird cut scene. Without kind of explaining it, okay. I think we're just meant to understand that it's Spock. That he sent or there's a transmission that Uhura picked up. Yeah. As opposed because to Because we finally are able to get a picture of the Romulan ship. We are able to tap hack into, into the signal. Hack into their signal, whatever. Turn on and the cameras. They turn on the camera. Cut and it's webcam. Spock's dad! Yeah. <laughs> this is so weird because the, basically they see the Romulan and they don't know that they can see them. And yeah, it's, what's his name? Leonard. Mark, uh, Mark Leonard. Mark, Mark Leonard. Leonard um, who, who played Sarek, Spock's father, later yes. on. Yeah. And throughout yeah. all of Star Trek. And the first thing that everybody does when they see this guy is look at Spock, because this guy looks like Vulcan Spock. Can you explain that, Spock? Hey, Spock. Looks exactly like your dad. Except it really does look like him, because it's his dad. It's very, it's I think so it's very weird. confusing. Yeah. And you have to go, oh, wait. It's because right. they've never seen what a Romulan looks, looks like, like before. Right. And so it, knowing what aliens look like in Star Trek, it could have, like, tentacles coming out of its face. It could be, it a, could be a ball of light. It could be, it a, could be a puppy in a, in a <gasps> outfit with a unicorn horn. It could be a small child. Amazing. But instead, knows? it looks exactly like a Vulcan. Yeah. yeah. And because there is a ton of, like, I think uh, Spock is the only Vulcan in the In Starfleet. Star yeah, at yeah. this point, yes. It was that's... frowned upon. Yes. Yeah. And he's only half Vulcan. So yeah. he's, if I remember the novels correctly, he's treated with that. A lot of suspicion going forward because, you know, he is, he is an alien. Yeah. And so when they see that this enemy, this unknown shadowy enemy that destroyed them and caused this catastrophic event in their history looks exactly like, oh, the weird looking alien on our ship. Yeah. Styles... Styles oh. goes to the bad place. Yeah, Styles and, and Kirk, tumbles down well, because well everybody else them. looks at Spock and then goes, "All oh, right, this is unprofessional." Goes back to work. Styles keeps staring to the point where Kirk has to come around and sort of <laughs> tap on his console to be like, "Hey, you think you should maybe be working?" And so they're going to send a message to cryptography, the message that they picked up. Mm-hmm. And Styles is like, "Oh, I bet Spock could decode it." And oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk says, "Oh." Do you want to repeat that, but louder? <laughs> For the rest of the class? For they can all hear it? Because I'm sure you're referring to the fact that he is an amazing cartographer who can do anything rather than what I think you are implying. Yeah. Yeah. I really like this yeah, I, a lot. I didn't understand. This is where we get the get bigatry line. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, leave it in your quarters. There's no place for it on the bridge. I love that so much. Yeah, that was wonderful. Yeah, so we go over to the Romulan warship. So it's it really interesting that we get both stories unfolding at the same time. It is very right. much like a chess because game. Because the yeah. Enterprise has decided that they are going, because they're not sure the ship can see them, and yes. they're pretty sure that the moving thing out there is the Romulan ship. So Kirk's like, match their course exactly. I want them to think that we're a reflection. Yeah, so they're essentially going to shadow the ship. It's so clever. And I really, again, so going forward again, like, there's a lot of next-gen episodes where, like, you're dealing with the Romulans, and this is still a technique they use. It's like, psyching out. get up, like, we oh, we can figure out where they are, we think we know where they are, mm-hmm. get up underneath them so they can't scan us, and it's... Or it's see just, how they react when we do this. Yeah, it's just... It's so it, clever. I don't know, it just, it really makes me love how fully formed the Romulans were yeah. from the start, that they, the only thing that I feel really gets altered that much with them from this episode 
to like when we see them heavily in next generation is their makeup like the, the yeah. way their face is shaped a little bit has changed and they're given a bit of more of a brow yeah than the vulcans and their uniforms are altered but uh yeah because speaking that, of which we go over to the ship and there is some fabulous sash oh yeah so oh my sash. god the chain mail tops oh yeah and the quilted sashes yes. that turn into pants you have to admit they keep the aesthetic pretty consistent like the materials change but it's still very clearly the same cultural aesthetic later on yeah the, like the shoulder like in the in the next oh, yeah, like the shoulders, shoulders. Yeah. like big shoulders. usually with the other alien races clearly human but apparently alien races we've seen so far mostly you've gotten like either everything is totally crazy batshit inconsistent or it's just like everybody has the same outfit well think about the klingons how yeah. they change from original series into next yeah is very nuts. different and i yeah. think at some point they do address the fact that they, they do, do. Yes. they look very different back then didn't they? we don't so, talk about it they do it it's it's yeah it's funny. it's kind of bad and kind of hilarious and <laughs> yeah. enterprise i'm really excited for you to actually get there and watch the whole thing because it's kind of terrible I I at the same time. Um, no, I'm so excited for you guys to watch Enterprise, and I'm kind of like, let's just skip right to Enterprise. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we get what, we see the Romulan Bridge, basically, um, from from their perspective for the first time. Yeah, it's very interesting. So their command is essentially like they're, they're in pods. Yeah. There's a pod of, like, blue sashes. Yeah. In these amazing, what I can only think of is if you kind of, put some slits in an orange and then you put that orange on your head yes it's like the cat wearing the orange helmet it on is the, yes 100 cat wearing the orange helmet ari will yeah. put this up as a visual on our website yeah, and i swear to remember. god yes, yes you will thank you and that was done and i kind of guessed when i was watching it so i'm like why on earth put all these guys in these stupid helmets is because it would save them money because they didn't have to do the ear makeup yeah. on them yeah. yeah or the hair I really yeah. liked it. It was also reminiscent of like the Roman centurion helmet. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's basically that with but without the broom on top. Yeah. It's all <laughs> yeah. very space Roman. Yeah. And oh, such a sash. Where Sarek is saying essentially, my judgment prevails, everyone shut up. And the blue blue sash. Blue yeah, sash. blue sash. Blue sash is like, oh our glorious our gl- our glorious mission. Well this is yes. the guy who broke radio <laughs> silence. He gets yeah. dressed down. He gets reduced two steps in rank. Yeah, and yeah. then again, this is the difference between the Enterprise where Styles is insubordinate and he just gets a talking to. This out. guy's insubordinate and he gets like he gets busted two ranks. Yeah. Back to space janitor. Yeah. yeah. And uh his first officer, I guess, his second command, his the, centurion, the centurion yeah. basically says, uh he's got friends in high places. That's politically unwise. Yes, which I also uh, really loved. Yeah, because we get the first hint of the Romulans being this incredibly infighty, politics heavy Again, done with so little. But so we little. Get such a sense of it. Yeah, and then again, in the contrast between them, like if if Kirk had like kicked Styles off the bridge and confined him to quarters or whatever, mm. nobody would be like, "You shouldn't do that." His father's an admiral. No, like yeah. they would have been to Styles, like, "You shouldn't do that. Your father's an admiral." <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's yeah. very true. I loved all of these things between the commander and the centurion. So yes. much about Romulus. So amazing. Because you get the sense that the commander is weary. Yeah. I don't seen, think he likes this mission at all. No, no. He's seen enough of war. He says, how, we have been on hundreds of campaigns. Hundreds of campaigns. And we've seen so many colleagues and friends die. And for what? And the centurion yeah. says, we've seen our share. 
Because what I, the impression I get from this is that they've been sent on a mission to basically test the neutral zone and see what the Federation will do. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think that he, I think he was against this. Oh, yeah. The oh, com- yeah. yeah. The commander definitely, he did not want to do this. He thought it was a stupid mission, yeah, but he still sucks. went out there and did it because it, it was his job. It yeah. was his duty. Yes, his duty. And yeah. the century, oh, what a gift to our homeland this would be. And, and said, the commander is like, what a gift to our homeland. A war. Yeah. Yeah, because basically if they get back having not been destroyed, basically, and certainly if they take out the Enterprise and they've taken out all these outposts, they'll get back to Romulus and everyone will be like, oh, the Federation's weak, let's fucking take them. Exactly. And yeah. what, what will it bring? Death and more death. Yeah. Says, really interesting yeah. character. Because oh, yeah. if we think about it in the Roman tradition of yeah. it, you know, who has seen so much death and is tired, yeah, but has to work within a system where... You don't get to stop. No, no, it was because there's an imperative to just keep. It's like he—he's. It doesn't matter what your opinion are. You are part of the military, Mm -hmm. and you can either stay in the military and do what you can to make a difference within the confines of your job description and your duty, or you can leave and have absolutely no influence whatsoever. Also, I think if you leave the Romulan military, they probably execute you. Do we ever get a sense? Because I'm trying to think of next gen when spoiler alert, Spock goes to visit and try to convince them to like peace out a little bit. Mm Yeah. Do we get a sense of what is... Is there a retirement plan for Romulans? Well, we do get, like, there's very old Romulans who are no longer, like, in the military. So, yeah, kind of. I guess if you serve with honor, eventually you get to retire with honor. But yeah, that's really your only choice. You do what you're told until they tell you you can go. Yes. Or this, one you die of the, battle. One of the things, I think, series-wise that is lacking with the Romulans' development is a concept and any kind of feeling about what civilian life is like in Romulans. We get a because very brief get, glimpse in that one episode of Yeah, because you get a lot of what happens within the military yes. and you get a lot of what happens with the Tal Shiar, which is their secret police, and you get a lot of how the politics seeps through the military yeah. and through the Tal Shiar. I also want to note that the one thing we get about the Romulans from the Vulcan perspective is when Spock says that as far as we know from from our records, from everything, is that the Romulans are warlike. Well, that's the thing. He says that there was a period in our history, history the yeah. Vulcan's history, where they were aggressive colonizers, yeah. worse than anything that the humans ever did. Yeah. yeah. And at a certain point, and we know this because th- this is further explained, that they broke off. Yeah. yeah. As far as he knows, because they had no more contact with these people, that they, yeah. they are warlike, they are aggressive, yeah. they are they are the reverse Vulcans. Yeah. 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 From, from basically what I feel like is like Vulcans as we know them now, mm-hmm. basically under Sorak. Is yeah. that who it is? Yeah. I think so. Basically, are like, you guys, we've decided we don't want to do this anymore. Peace out. And that was like, but this is also like thousands of years ago. This is yeah. like 5,000 yeah. yeah. years ago. Also, I mean, we get, because what we see of the Romulans on this ship, we're like, is not the first word I would use. Colonizers, certainly imperialists. Absolutely, but warlike is very They're different. They're not warlike in the same way that the Klingons are no, warlike. No, but I think Klingons that the choice that of the word warlike probably came to Spock and from the Federation from Vulcan. Because as far as they are concerned, this is warlike. I think that warlike, not in a very like aggressive Klingon one-on-one. No, in an aggressive colonizer sort of way, but it's an interesting choice of word. I think warlike in the way that if they are presented, they are aggressive. Yeah, but they're not... Because Warlike gives me an impression of irrationality and emotionalism, which we don't, which we don't really see. We see that they have a sense of entitlement, that they are imperialist, but that's very different from the way the Klingons conquer things, which is just because they want it. I think you. And because they enjoy war. 
I think if you want to make the comparison, warlike in terms of how the British Empire was warlike. Yes. Very aggressive colonization, but not picking battles that they knew they couldn't win. Or unnecessary battles. Yeah. I, I would compare that to something like maybe... I hate to bring up the Nazis, but who are warlike, aggressive, hungry. Yeah. yeah. Hungry in an overt way and where the yeah. rich were a little bit more refi- refined about it. Whereas yeah. I think that's kind of where they're coming out of that Roman yeah. tradition. It just, yeah, it absolutely. does, it feels distinct from the way that you would think of like human space colonizers, invaders, warlike, in that the Romulans, like the Vulcans, are very cool and collected and rational about the way that they wage Still war. warlike. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just a different kind. I think in this... This is just kind of testing. Yeah. And that's what they do. I think they very calculatedly test, and they don't engage in battles that they can't win. win. Yeah. And that's what they're doing yeah. here. They're testing the waters. Yeah. Um, so we're an hour from the neutral zone at this point, and this is where we have the staff meeting. We do have a staff meeting. Which Ohura did not get to participate no. in. She's probably busy listening for transmissions. I was really disappointed. I was disappointed that she wasn't there because she was in previous staff meetings, and I feel like sometimes there are too many dicks at this staff meeting. Well, there are always too many dicks there at are. that staff Although meeting. Although yeah. I choose to believe that she's just so good at communications, and, and she's monitoring channels for something. Yeah, I would like to believe that she was put in charge of the ship, but again, that would be in my own fan fiction rather than Well, she has been in, in charge of the bridge at least twice before she's now. She's put in charge. She gets put yes. in charge. Doesn't she get to drive in this episode? Yeah, she, she does gets get to drive. Give a navigation later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So they're in the staff meeting, and Spock says that this is cast rodinium. Cast made up metal. Yeah. Hardest <laughs> thing that we can make. And he this the energy beam hit this, and then he puts it on the table, and it crumbles. Yeah. So we are dicked, is yep. essentially what he is trying to say. Yep. Yeah, because the outpost imploded. Yeah. Um, and here's Styles running his mouth off again. If we don't destroy them, we will start a war um, because we've shown weakness. He's like, let's just fucking blow them up. And that's the thing. Like, essentially, they're trying to decide, do we engage with them? Yeah. Do we let them just go back to the neutral zone? Mm-hmm. Essentially, once they pass it over, that's that's the game over. Mm-hmm. And McCoy, again, I really like that there is a voice of someone saying, you know, there are... It's not just our lives that are at stake. If we engage with them as an act of war, there are millions of lives. He also makes a play for empathy in the fact that we have no idea about these people. We don't even know them. We don't even know what they look like. I mean, you just want to blow them out of space. Yeah. Um, so and that's another. This is this is again why I really liked this episode was because of the discussion it has around the morality of war yeah. and going to war, and the the writers allow there to be all of the differing perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that is one of the things that I think Star Trek does. At it, when it's at its best, it does this. It brings all of the different possible angles that you could have and debates them. Yeah. And then this episode did this beautifully. I love that basically their entire plan for the next five minutes is actually worked out and we see it happen. And I really like that because Uhura calls from the bridge. She says, we're 21 minutes from the neutral zone. And by the way, we won't get response with instructions from the nearest starbase for at least three hours. So. No. So we have to make this decision. They're very much on their own. Yeah. This is the submarine. They're in the ocean. There's no one but them. And there is the question, do we engage with them? Do we try to take them on and risk ourselves being destroyed in the process? Or do we just let them go? Because Styles says they're going to report back to their planet that we saw their weapons and we turned tail and ran. And yeah. Sulu says... Well, if we get destroyed, they'll also roll back that we got destroyed. And by the way, how do we shoot something we can't see? Exactly. Yeah. And they're trying, like, how do you, 
how do you gauge an enemy that they know absolutely nothing about? And it's very interesting that it's actually Spock who comes to us and says, we have to attack them. Yeah. yeah. That is we, the logical thing Because to do. what they will do is obvious. We exactly. have to stop them from getting back. Well, we have to fight to prevent a much larger yes. fight. And this is where we get the plan, because the if, if the thing that they're following, they think is the ship, is about to pass through the tail of a comet, which will make them visible, briefly. Um, and Kirk basically says, you're right, we have to attack them. Interesting. Yeah. Again, I think yeah. I think this is very much planned out in the way of a chess game. Like, yeah. you make your first move. Increasingly throughout the episode. Exactly. And then you have to respond to each of them. And it's it's there's a moment of absolute beauty when we're back on the Romulan ship and they are looking at the comet, comet as well. And the commander says, oh, look at it. It's the marvel in the darkness. Yeah. Oh. So we understand that he is a man of culture. He is a yeah. man who has an appreciation for the wonders of beauty trapped in this system. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. It was. It was good. It was so good. We should just just stand like sit here so in appreciation good. of how good this episode was. And then there's the countermeasure, whereas basically we have like five or six moves where. The, the Enterprise has a plan, and the Romulans mm-hmm. figure out their plan, and then the Enterprise is like, oh no, they figured out our plan, and then yeah. back and forth, constant, back and forth. Constant back and forth. And we don't need to go through all no. of it, except that when they go through the meteor, the sensors, uh, the Enterprise's sensors are shaken up, and it looks like the trippiest sunrise that ever was. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, yeah, the visuals on this were good. Yes. Um, but the Enterprise basically at one point is like, okay, we're pretty sure we know where they are, they're going to keep on maneuvering us, just fire. Fire where you think they are, and they do hit them. Okay, uh, there, there's a lot of space battling thing, which yeah. I don't think we need to um, But the Centurion gets, um, yeah. he pushes the no, captain out of the way. Rand shows up, which yeah. Oh, yeah. she was you, done. You guys told me Rand was done, she's, so I was like, supposed, Rand, Rand! It's supposed to be. everything we read, yeah. this, uh, she was long gone. But no, it was very nice to see her, except I always hate how they used her. Yeah, yeah. She, like she wasn't used very well at all in this episode, which is disappointing because I know that we're losing her and like she's gone, like this could be the last one. Like every time we see every her, time we see yeah. her it's like the last yeah. time we saw Rand. I was like, I'm just always But so she's so clearly only in this, like she appears in the bridge for no particular reason. It's like, oh, well, you have to have her in the episode because of her contract. No, and it's I, so no, no, obvious. No, no, no. It's the womanly presence, the homeliness for Kirk. She shows up, she clutches his shoulder, the ship goes into one of the classic Star Trek and everyone goes flying. I want to give the prize for awesome fake bridge tilt to Uhura for this one because she ends up on the opposite side of the bridge. Like, that was amazing. Beautifully clutching the back. Yeah. And, yeah, what this is also about is one of my favorite tropes as well, grudging respect between enemies. Yeah. Yes. 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 I think everyone loves a good story like this. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy between the two because they do. They respect each other as foes. They respect each other as captains. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's very sad because the Centurion, who I think was the commander's confidant, like again, the first officer. Yeah, they've been through hundreds of battles together, pushes the commander out of the way when a hunk of the ship comes It's like a bulkhead or something. It's like a giant bulkhead falls down on him, and he is tragically killed. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, he's not tragically killed yet. He's tragically crushed and lives a little while longer. So that he can bathe his brow with cool water. Yes. So on the bridge, the commander is like, 
mopping his brow quite romantically. While they're still being fired at. By Why is he not in a medical bay trying to be like fixed or healed is or you know, given painkillers? It was do, my only question. Do Romulans have medical bays? Or they're like, oh, well, you're damaged. Well, they do later. Shoot you out of the ship. Which is exactly <laughs> what they do. What the commander does. So the, the Enterprise has shot its phasers. And so what the Romulans decide to pretend, the commanders, like, send out all of their debris so they can kind of trick Because basically the Romulans' only hope at this point is to run the fuck away. And the Enterprise is yes. clearly not going to let them. And yeah. so the commander says, load up my dead buddy's body and shoot that into space. With some garbage. With some garbage so that it will make it seem as if we've been hit and have blown up. Yeah. That was... Um, that was cold. It was cold? It was. I mean, it was logical and it was the thing to do, but it was cold. Yeah. It was and yeah. so they scan the, the debris field. Yeah, the Enterprise is not fooled because of the laws of conservation of mass. And there's not enough stuff. Not enough stuff. And so at this point, they just decide to have a staring contest. Basically, yes. a classic Cold War staring contest. Yeah, where they sit around for ten hours, each waiting for the other to reveal. But, but they've got they've got their lights turned off. Why? They're they, whispering. No, here's why. This is where we get into what Kareen said. Classic submarine movie. Yeah. You turn all the power off and you are quiet because if you make a single noise, your enemy's radar is going to pick that up. And that was what I was so excited about when I was watching this, is it was exactly like every single submarine movie In a movie submarine movie, yes, that would make perfect sense. Yeah, Except, so, but again, this is a submarine this movie. This is a submarine so However, movie. However, it does make sense. In space, sound does not travel. No, it doesn't. But that... Again, so yeah. you're the, always the one who's harking back to I do. this was the technology I at do. the time. And like this was the technology at the was... time is that the radar that you would use underwater yeah, for yeah, detecting yeah. worked on sound. You were pinging sound waves off of objects. And that is why this was so beautiful. And they're all sitting there and I'm they're hot sure and they're they sweating. There was no sound in space at this point, though. Okay. In space was a vacuum. I know, I know, I know, I know. Stop I'm being now. Kids I'm just saying. I'm, having I appreciate I'm just moment. saying. Every time that they whisper when they're on silent running, I laugh real hard because yeah. they're so sad. Yeah, because they are. That is, they do whisper because they are on silent running. They have turned off all the air conditioning, so there's no noise, and they're whispering, which is why when Spock accidentally hits the control panel and there's noise, it's such a big deal. Because, like, again, you drop something in a submarine, and it makes the noise, and the radar is going to pick that up or the sonar, or whatever the hell you want to call it. And that was one of the things I loved this so much, because it was it was a submarine movie, which is one of my favorite genres. <laughs> submarine movies are so good. You, thank you for that, Kim. That makes a lot of sense. It does. Yes. It also makes me more angry that Rand just kind of shows up in Kirk's office and is like, can I get you a coffee? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, I... Um, um, this scene yeah. is basic, and Bones comes in, and Kirk's like, this is really stressful, I wish I was on vacation. And Bones proceeds... Because uh, Kirk is basically like, what if I'm wrong? What if this is a huge mistake and we plunge the Federation into war? And then Bones says, what is my favorite line in all of Star Trek, which I'm going to read for you? Oh, this was a beautiful little speech this is from Bones. My very favorite piece of dialogue in all of Star Trek. In this galaxy, there's a mathematical probability of three million Earth-type planets. And in all of the universe, three million million galaxies like this. And in all of that, and perhaps more, only one of each of us. Don't destroy the one named Kirk. Yeah. Your divorce killing. <laughs> it was a good delivery. Everyone's yeah. up on their game. This yeah. There's not, like, there's not a bad performance in this. No. This, yeah. this is, again, this is why it was one of my Solid, fav- solid. Absolutely episode. everything clicked together for this episode. Yep. Yep. Except for the point that there actually were two Kirks at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And there will be two Kirks again. 
Okay, yeah. and then a thing happens on the bridge that I'm still unsure about, and I think it might come back to the weird, like, the, the cut thing with the spy. Right. Um, is that Styles does something that makes a noise, basically. And I think it's, like, it a burst of signal or something that goes... No, it's Spock. And Kirk reaches across and turn, it's on Styles' panel. No, it's on, no, it's on it's, Spock's. It's Spock's panel. Spock accidentally, he's reaching up to do something and he accidentally hits a button that causes the noise and Styles, Styles like glares at him like you did that on purpose. Yeah. But the noise comes off of Styles' panel. So when I watched it the first time, I thought, oh, Styles is definitely the spy. He's giving away their spot. No, no, it was, the noise came off of Spock's panel, it was from Spock reaching for something, and it was Styles, like... Because through all this, Spock's trying to repair something, rather. Yeah, he's trying to fix the phasers or something yeah. exploded, mm-hmm. and he accidentally triggers a noise, and Styles gives him a look like, you did that on purpose to get us found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, thus, they... The bird of prey notices what yeah, the Yeah, they know is. where they are, so they're able to kind of shoot at each other. Right, but what happens, and I liked this, is that... The, the Enterprise makes a sound, makes a signal, whatever. The bird of prey detects the signal, turns back, and that's what allows the Enterprise to detect them again. Mm. And then fire on them. It is glorious. And so the uh, Romans are almost beat, so what they decide is to shoot out one of those old-style nuclear weapons that they just had in their basement. Which they only keep around for self-destruct. Yeah. Yeah. And they put that out there, and so Kirk is forced to shoot the nuclear thing to avoid hitting it and then there is the best Star Trek scatter of all time. Yeah. I don't even know what to call that, like when everyone just kind of goes to and fro. Oh, the one they do the yeah, swaying whoa, back and forth? Whoa! whoa. Yeah. It was amazing. It Definitely was the most dramatic. It's one of my favorite effects that they do in Star Trek and they do it in every single one. Is yep. The bridge has been hit and the entire crew learns to sway together. Yeah. Yeah. I've, heard, I've seen a few interviews and stuff from various next-gen crew members who talked about working on that and to the point where they got to, they, they just knew exactly what to do and they could all sway together. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're back on the Romulan ship and they are extremely screwed. Um, everyone, the, 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 the commander's like, we have to get out of here. The crew's like, no, that's not glorious enough. Not glorious enough. I want that on a t-shirt. Not glorious enough. The Enterprise is also damaged. There's a bunch of radiation burns and people and systems have been burned out. And this is where he sends Styles down to help with phasers. Styles Styles volunteers to go home. Which is why I also, at this point, I still thought he was a spy. Going back to the Romulan bit, there's the uh, Blue Sash says one of the lines, which I just love, Permit me the glory of the kill! Yeah. Okay, Brady. Sure. Which, again, which is a reason why the Eagle is one of my favorite movies. (laughs) No good reason. (laughs) No, the Eagle is terrible. The Eagle is a terrible movie. I could watch a million times. Um, this is also when Uhura gets to take over navigation. Yeah. So they go back into the phasers, and they're... The they're playing coolant, dead. The coolant is leaking? The coolant? Oh, yeah, in, in the phaser, phaser, phaser room. And there's yeah. amazing pink smoke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Styles and the guy who is just about to get married, but obviously is not, mm. Mm, tragically, uh, they are prone on the floor. And Kirk wants to fire on the ship, but they can't because the phasers the are broken. Are done because someone. I really enjoyed that Kirk's desperate plea is at Styles to fire for God's sake, but broadcast through the entire ship, so yeah. everybody knows how terrible Styles is at his yeah. job. Um, Good. But fortunately, Spock is here to save the day. Yes. Uh, comes back into the phaser room. He beeps all the right boops. Beeps all the right boops and gets people out. Yep. He well, is most a hero. of them. Yep. He is an amazing hero. And they definitely hit the ship. Oh, they smoke that ship. Yep. Um, and then they hail the bird of prey. 
Which, okay, hang on a second here. Is this the first time they have attempted to hail? I think it's during... this is the first time. Well, they, they tried no, they, challenges. They tried. They did challenges, and they tried to hail them when they were attacking the yeah. outposts, but they were ignoring hails. Yeah. Okay. This um, is the first time. Also, they answered. completely irrelevant that we have forgotten, but nonetheless probably important that energy beam that they were shooting at the asteroids has a limited range. Yeah. So they can outrun it. They can outrun it if they really need to. Yeah. So that kind of introduces some limitations on their. Well, they get because when they first flee the outpost with the Enterprise following, they they. The Spock's like, they only seem to have impulse power. They don't have warp. Yes, they're very slow, but they have this giant energy weapon so that if they get close enough, they can shoot them. With Which their... actually in Star Trek kind of makes no sense, but I'm going to let it go anyway. Maybe they split from Vulcan before Vulcan developed warp? I have no idea. But how did they get to other planets to colonize them and so far away? Maybe Spock was wrong. Maybe they were only traveling in impulse power during this because they don't have enough power because of the weapon and the cloak. Whatever. I don't whatever. Know. Not important. The important thing is, is that this is a beautiful scene. Yes, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, Kirk picks up the phone with the Romulan commander and he says, We'll beam aboard your survivors. Oh, no. He says, I regret. No. The commander, Romulan commander says, I regret that we have to meet this way. We are one of a kind. I could have called you a friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's acknowledging, like, you and I are in this, we're in the same position. Yeah. We know each other. We know what each other is going through. And yeah. we know that because they have been in such a cat and mouse right on top of what the other one is doing. Because I think, don't both of them at some point say, if I were him, I'd do this? Yeah, oh, a yeah. bunch of times. Yeah, they yeah. say a bunch of times. And uh, the commander says he is a sorcerer. Yeah. yeah. He can see into my mind. Um, yeah. And Kurt says, will you board your survivors? And the commander says, no, we don't do things that way. We are creatures of duty. I am a creature of duty, and I have mm-hmm. one more duty to perform. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so good. good. And this is, I paused here a little bit to freak out a little bit because of that line to go back to the wedding at the Fort Kurt yeah. said, this is one of the duties we have to yeah. do. I loved it so much. It was very so good. much. It was so good. Yeah. I also love that the screens are so very delicate to fade to black. <laughs> yeah. And not in a kind of like, just like, Oh no, let's draw a veil. <laughs> yeah, the the Star Trek um, like the monitor screens on the Enterprise have a, like a really good sense of dramatic timing. <laughs> they do. Like, here they fade to black in um, the they menagerie when they yes. do like dramatic pans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Romulan ship self destructs because there is no capture, no surrender. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as it turns out, we go to sick base. Styles is alive, unfortunately, because Spock saved him, and he and Styles feels like an ass because he is, and he's learned an important. Lesson about bigotry. Mm-hmm. Yep. And obviously Tomlinson, the poor boy who was going to get married, is, is super obviously dead. dead. He's definitely dead. super dead. His fate was oh, sealed. Yes. You see, his fate was sealed as soon as she said, we're definitely getting married at the end of this episode. Yeah. Yes. Um, we hear from Rand again, because they finally heard back from the base, who basically said, do what you have to do. We trust your judgment. Which was the right decision. Yeah. yeah. trust Kirk. Unless it's evil Kirk, or Kirk in the goatee, or Kirk who's emotionally compromised. <laughs> um, and then... Kirk has the enviable job of going to the chapel again, where uh, Martina. Yeah, Martina. Martina. Sorry, Martina. <laughs> Sorry for a lot of things. Martina yeah. is again kneeling. I think we're supposed to understand that she's actually praying. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And he comes over and he says, I'm sorry. You know, it, it never makes any sense. But you know, there had to be a reason. There had to be a reason. And she says, I'm okay. Yeah. It's all right. She basically spares him Please the responsibility try of trying to comfort her. Yeah. Yes. Which, Which is what he yeah. went there to do. Yes. She does get a solid Kirk hug. She yep. does. Yep. 
a non-awkward Kirk hug. Least no. awkward Kirk hug Well, ever. it's because it wasn't romantic. It wasn't that supposed to be romantic or sexual yes. in any way, shape, or yeah. form. Yes, and then that is the end. Yeah. I okay. So so happy with the way this ends is you get Kirk walking out of the chapel and him walking down the hall filled with yeah, crew members yes. and it's just a steady pan on him and I am so happy that this episode did not end with a let's gather around the captain and have a quip ending because well, well that's what we've been getting from Star Trek like oh, yes. and it's recently yeah. is the quip ending. I am so glad it just allowed <laughs> yeah, this to be dramatic. That definitely would have cheapened it. Oh, this episode was so good. But it's also good. very good because at the beginning we have the captain surrounded by the people in a joyous occasion mm-hmm. and that he is equal with them. Yep. Yep. He is just another human being enjoying this amazingly joyful thing and at the end he is alone Boom. in the chapel because he is captain, walking through a corridor full of people of which he cannot afford to have emotional connections with. Yeah, it was was beautiful. This entire episode. I'm sorry, I've said it like 10 million times. There's so so many people visible on the ship in this episode. You really get the impression, maybe more than any episode before this, except for maybe... um, the one with the play, that there are hundreds of people on this ship. Mm-hmm. Um, on which note, we have, uh, in this episode, 11 ladies and 10 people of color. Nice. Many of them at the wedding. Um, we have two deaths. We have the centurion on the Romulan ship, and we have the poor dead groom. We also have the commander on essentially Well, the entire ship. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about the entire There were 22 <laughs> dead of uh, radiation burns when they blew up the atomic weapon. That oh! Was I missed it. I thought, I thought they were just, just like, they, they said, said no, ca- casual, they they said said no ca- casualties. They said injuries. No, they said casualties, not fatalities. Yeah. It was casualties, because the only person on the Enterprise who died was the poor dead girl. A bunch of people were seriously injured by radiation burns, but they they played it down and made it sound like nobody had died yet. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. I completely forgot to count the entire ship of dead Romulans as dead people. I was like, no, two individuals died. Part of the problem, Kim. I am part of the problem. So this episode was directed by Vincent McEvity, who I think we should do a tip of the hat to because I thought he did a hell of a job. Yeah, and uh, do we have do we know who wrote it? Paul Schneider. Paul Schneider. Can I just? (laughs) It was. Beautiful. Well done. Yeah, beautiful. Also, Thank well, you for the Romulans, Paul Schneider. Yes, yes. Many people kind of came up, but he is credited widely as being kind of like the intellectual father of the Romulans. So good. Uh-huh. So, performance of the episode, Kim. Uh, I'm giving it to Mark Leonard. Mm. Me too. The, yeah. 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 I, I think this is going to be a round table. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say Shatner did a great job. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Shatner was good. Yeah. You um, can even say that it was sort of like a, a group, it was like a pair effort. Yeah. Because they definitely were dependent on each other for... And and Mark Leonard has come out saying that he... Because he has come... He's done the trifecta. Oh, yeah. He played a Klingon, he plays a Romulan, and he plays a Vulcan. He plays a Klingon? He does. Who does he play? Off the top of my head, I do not know. Is, it, is it an original series or a next gen? I do not know. Because I know he plays he plays Sarek, a Vulcan, yes. on, on original series and yep. next gen. I did not know he played a Klingon. It's I very feel interesting. like it might be an original series. Probably. I guess we'll see when we yeah. get there. But That's he very did interesting. say, you know, he enjoyed playing Sarek really loved being that character, but found that the Romulan commander was his favorite role. Oh, that's amazing. challenging role, which I agree with. He did a He did an amazing job. job. Oh, yeah. amazing. Really, really good. Um, so, life lessons that we can learn from this. Kim? Um, when you are trapped in a game of cat and mouse, please, for the hope of God, that the person on the other side is the same rank as you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ari? 
I think this episode does a really good job of introducing what I think is one of the fundamental sort of themes of Star Trek, and that is that no matter how different we are from other people, the things that make us alike are more important. Oh, that's a better lesson than mine. Sorry. Oh, no, mine's going to kick both of yours out of the park. Stay the fuck off submarines. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a really good rule. Yes, and to just kind of break your heart a little bit more, there was a shot filmed where at the very end of the episode that Kirk salutes the Roman commander before the ship goes up. Oh. Oh, I'm sad we didn't get to see that. Just see it see it in your heart. This was so good. Yeah. I'm probably never gonna be this enthusiastic about an episode of uh original series again, but it was this is it's probably gonna be my favorite episode of the original series. It's definitely my favorite that we've seen so far. It was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Absolutely amazing. Wow. Jeez, I think we should actually just end this episode of our podcast with a round of applause for everyone involved in the making of this episode. I think that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Here we go. Today's podcast is recorded on location at the Inspiration Labs in the Vancouver Public Library's Central Branch, third floor.